This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on iTunes and at facebook.com slash DCAU Review. Now, here's today's episode. Welcome, welcome everybody to the DCAU Review. We are in episode 10 of the DCAU Review. Congratulations. Yes, we've made it all the way to number 10. Thank you for joining us today. With me, as always, my co-host, brother, and good friend, Liam. Liam, welcome to the DCAU Review. We've made it to 10 episodes. We've done 10 of these things. It's crazy. And people actually listen, which is the cool coolest part to me uh, uh, if you say so that's great <laughs> hello listeners uh we appreciate of course those that love and support us and that have been listening to us sticking with us all the way through 10 episodes hard to imagine we just started this a few months ago liam and that we've already made it through 10 i mean that's the the fun part and we we talk about uh one of the nicest parts especially this is a little different we're doing a two-part here today but for the most part uh you know these episodes are 22 minutes so it's uh, once once you get rolling and once you we've sort of uh, gotten our sea legs so to speak and, and figuring out how how this show goes exactly, uh, it's uh, it's it's really easy to start getting through them and especially when it's uh, when it's fun stuff like this to talk about it it becomes really easy to watch and and review them. I don't believe I introduced myself. I'm Cal, the host of the DCAU Review. Uh, so it is good to be here with you guys. Yeah, man, it's um, it's uh, nostalgia is at an all time high and all time high in popularity. So uh, it's fun to look back at something that was such a big part of our childhood and uh, made such an impact on our lives even through today, which is. A little goofy to say about a cartoon, children's cartoon, um, but uh, it does. It's impacted a lot of the things that we do, our interests, uh, things that we collect and spend our time doing, uh, all influenced by this cartoon uh, that's now 25 years old, so almost 26 years old. Uh, so uh, with with that said, uh, thank you again for joining us here on the DCAU Review. We're going to jump right into this week's episode, uh, which is going to be actually a two-parter that we're talking about, and it's the first two-part episode thus far of the Batman animated series, and that is, of course, Two-Face Parts 1 and 2. Uh, and Liam, this is an interesting one. Um, we uh, we talked a few episodes ago with Pretty Poison about the character development they were doing with Harvey Dent. Um, he was featured in the very first episode, just very briefly, uh, in On Leather Wings. Uh, but we saw the character really start getting fleshed out in uh, Pretty Poison. And his relationship, along with his relationship with Bruce, uh, just who he is as a character, what he means to the city of Gotham. And uh, in this episode, really the first part is spent uh, really just fleshing out that character even more, touching a little bit on his relationship with Bruce, his relationship to the city of Gotham as its district attorney, 
and uh, it really does a good job. I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, overall, I think it's one of, one of the most. Uh, it, it's definitely a, it falls under the serious category. It's not a goofy uh, one like uh, last week's "Be a Clown" was, or you know some of the other Joker ones we've had. Much more on the serious side. Covers a lot of deep deep stuff in it. Uh, but uh, what were your general thoughts on this? Yeah, it's it's it delved into the tragedy as you mentioned. It's not. It's really there's not a lot of laughs. Yeah. <laughs> You know, some of the, the background thugs have a funny line or two, but no, for the most part, this is a character study of a man who has a lot to lose, and through his fear of his of his issues being discovered, he does, in fact, lose everything, and sort of the, there's a parallel between sort of the, the origins of Batman, where he, you know, his entire world is shaken, and it affects every decision Batman makes for the rest of his life will be affected by his parents being killed. And in the same way, you know, this this personality disorder that that Harvey Dent has that sort of slowly manifested itself over time and was, you know, was this big issue sort of underneath the surface and this, you know, being caught in a chemical explosion to literally make him two face Mm -hmm. is that that will forever change him. He can't there's no going back to an extent or or so it appears when when he first becomes two face. But uh, real quick, just mention our, if this is a first time listening, we have our, our four main categories is how we break down every episode. Absolutely. Uh, so we have plot, animation, voice acting, and music. They're all scored, each category scored from zero to ten. So total score of 40. There's also a bonus category where you can throw out an extra point or two if uh, something's not uh, covered under those uh, those main categories. But just a quick mention, we can start out with plot here. Absolutely. Um, as we're, as we're sort of talking in broad strokes here, uh, I went ahead and gave plot a 8 out of 10 here. Yeah. Uh, it's a really strong story through the two parts. Uh, not a lot of Batman. Yeah, it's another episode. We t- you know, we talked about that a little bit before we went on the air. Um, just that this is an episode where Batman is a uh, another supporting character. We've had a couple of those episodes thus far. Um, and uh, it's weird that some of those, you know, it's okay. Uh, and this is an episode where I, it's it's pretty universally loved, from what I from what I can tell, and and seeing the rankings that other people did in 2017 for the 25th anniversary, this ranks up there pretty high. It's a really good, yeah. really well written episode. Uh, and uh, but you're right, there's not a lot of Batman in it. There's some Bruce Wayne Harvey Dent dichotomy that they work on in that first first episode. But the first uh, the first first part, Batman is not really in it until the very end of it, uh, when Harvey has has this encounter with Rupert Thorne that eventually leads to his transformation into Two-Face. Yeah, there's a there's a brief scene at the beginning of part one where Batman sort of helps with a drug bust, but yeah, you're absolutely right. He's He is a, a, back, a background character to this story, mm-hmm. which is uh, very focused on, on Harvey Dent, his relationship with his, his second fiancé in, <laughs> in nine episodes here, ten episodes here. Harvey Dent, not a man afraid to get engaged. No, he will, he will put a ring on it. He and, is busting uh, the stereotype of the uh, non-committal man right absolutely. and left. Absolutely. Uh, if, basically, if, if you are a female and you are, are in a willing relationship with Harvey Dent, he will ask you to marry him. Oh, absolutely. That's, that, I mean, that's a pattern 100% of the time. <laughs> A hundred percent of the time that we have seen Harvey Dent in a romantic relationship, he has put a ring on it. That's but, right. Uh, so I mean, the, sort of the plot, basically at the start of it, that you know Harvey Dent has this drug bust that goes super well that he planned, and and he's getting married, and he's about to be reelected, and in fact is reelected to uh, to the district attorney's office. And they make make sure to mention in a landslide. He's a very popular guy. He's yeah. 
you know, maybe one of the only clean politicians. We talked about that with Jim Gordon, maybe one, and, uh, and maybe Bullock, sort of the only clean cops in the city. Whereas, you know, here you have sort of maybe one of the only clean politicians in the city. Right. Um, a guy who is, uh, we, we talked on, on the Be a Clown episode about kind of what an, what an oaf and sort of a, a silly character Mayor Hill can be. Yeah. And like this, that's not who Harvey is. He's very capable. He's planning drug busts. He's trying to, you know, really attack crime in a way that Batman can't. Yeah. way that, and that's, that's been delved into, especially like in the, in the Dark Knight movies of, of who Harvey Dent is. Uh, the Long Halloween comic that Jeff Loeb wrote was, was another great example of the idea of sort of attacking crime in a way Batman, yeah, Batman can beat up all the bad guys, but the idea of prosecuting a case against this incredibly powerful and rich mob boss in Rupert Thorne, but Batman's not a lawyer. Batman's, you know. Right, Batman puts them away, but to keep them away, that's Harvey Dent's job. And uh, you're, you're right. I think this episode, especially part part one specifically, because that's what's focused on Harvey, is is uh, you know it, it does a great job of showing his value that he adds to the city. His teamwork with Gordon, he has a great relationship with Jim Gordon that you yeah. can tell, uh, especially after the opening scene where he kind of loses his temper and we get our first glimpse of Big Bad Harv. Uh, Gordon takes him aside, puts his arm around him, and and you know tells him, reminds him that voters are watching and that that you know he he needs to conduct himself as a as a politician should uh, rather than you know physically attack someone that he just uh, was able to get arrested but yeah yeah and as we move into part two obviously the, the end of part one is sort of the reveal of of two-face and we immediately jump six months ahead of time which uh yeah we talked a little bit about that it's it's a bit it leaves a little bit to be desired because you have this character that they built up in in the first episode is it's a it's a it's a tragedy like you said it's a tragic story this guy is a guy who's really a good person trying to make a difference in a terrible city and uh, he just happens to have a mental disorder you know he has a split personality disorder and there's something you know a, a little bit that's touched on here I, I thought that it's interesting social issues today that are relevant were kind of touched on in that and you know the bullying thing which has been a, a huge thing over the last several years which yeah should have probably been a focus a long time ago but this whole thing's you know his big bad harv persona uh, comes from this bullying uh, that was done to him as a child and then uh, on top of it, then uh, he gets bullied. He's basically being bullied again by Rupert Thorne at, at the end of this episode. Uh, but then he has this mental health disorder that's developed because of it, because he's you know held his feelings inside and, and feels that anger is something that he needs to needs to hide from everybody. And there he feels like there's sort of a stigma that he can't. He he doesn't even want Bruce, his best friend, to know yeah. that he's going to see a psychiatrist uh, to help him kind of deal with this. That it's something he needs to hide away and. and maybe it's a it's a politician thing you know he mentions you know with the he's worried about being elected but i i think even the the stigma you know there's a social issue in that and and we're neither of us are doctors or professionals so we're not going to stand up here and pretend like we we have all the answers but the the idea that this itself is an issue that you know hey people go through this the people are sick people have these issues and the fact that it's such a stigma with mental health issues that you know people automatically would you know, think there's something wrong with you that you are yeah. somehow disqualified from serving uh, the the city in the capacity that he has is is kind of tragic in itself. Yeah, and I think from the idea, if you if it's it's again something that's insanely relatable. Yeah. For again, for this children's cartoon to delve into, if you know somebody that's dealt with a serious mental issue, if you yourself have, mm-hmm. and 
and if if you yourself are dealing with something, it can be very embarrassing yeah. to have to to ask for help or to admit that, or especially and as as you mentioned, he's in this pub, very public life, and the idea that you know Joe Sixpack on the street learns that oh D A Dent has to go see a shrink every week to control his anger problems, like that's the idea of that getting out <laughs> to not just your friends and family, as you mentioned, he's. He's terrified of even of Bruce finding mm-hmm. out. The only person that appears to know is is Grace, his fiance. Right. Uh, but that much less an entire city's worth of people kind of knowing your dirty laundry. Absolutely. And so the fear of that being discovered is what leads him to to go to the meeting with Thorn, which in the end then causes you know the explosion happens and he is he is turned into Two Face. And as as we mentioned, it sort of jumps six months later to there where he's sort of terrorizing Thorn. And, uh, and and we're sort of off to the races from there, and we we sort of see the doubts when 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 Grace's name is mentioned. He there's great sorrow in his eyes, and you know his. We'll get into that when we talk animation and voice acting, yeah. but uh, and it all comes down to he basically he is undone because he can't get this woman out of his head, despite the fact the idea is Harvey Dent is no more and only Two Face, and he talks about the the coin being the only law that matters is the law of averages. Um, that nothing else matters. That, it, you know, this love for this woman that he had doesn't matter. His friendship with Bruce Wayne doesn't matter. Uh, the city that he was helping to clean up doesn't matter. It's just, it's all random. It's all chance. He talks about, you know, the idea of even being born, born, being dying. Everything is all in his head now is all left up to chance. And so the only thing that makes sense to him is to put on, and that's when the comic book edge comes in. Where it's right. like hit, the only way that it makes sense is to him to put on a two toned suit <laughs> and go shoot machine guns at people. Like that's the, and, and flip a coin and flip a coin and stay and and uh, live in a, in in abandoned nightclubs <laughs> that are only half lit and yes. uh, have twins uh, twins as his uh, henchmen. And I will say, like around around the time this show was on, Batman Forever came out, and they went very over the top with the Tommy Lee Jones portrayal. Yeah. Yeah. Where he has like a half like purple zebra striped suit. He has a Zuba's suit. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Zuba's <laughs> suit. Excellent. Yeah. And uh, this is this is sort of that same idea. Like you said, his hideout is sort of half of it is lit up and half is in the dark and half of it's well decorated and half it isn't. But it's not so garish or so over the top. It doesn't become yeah it's comedy not, ever. It's, yeah it's 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 definitely not used as a as a spoof or something to like it it. it it teeters on that edge with him robbing, and that's, I mean, part of the plot in, in part two is he goes on and now he's determined since Rupert Thorne ruined him that he's going to return the favor, and he's he's robbing a bunch of Rupert Thorne's uh, different fronts that he uses to launder money. Again, this is a children's cartoon, so amazing that <laughs> laundering money is a, is a thing that they're talking about here, but uh, the fact that, first of all, why does Rupert Thorne have so many clubs that are based on... <laughs> The number two, uh, Gemini Club and Second Cafe or whatever it was. And yeah. they, that That's a little bit of a eh, stretch there. Um, but, y- yeah, you know, the, the fact that the plot took that turn and, and he, it teeters on that edge there, but I don't think it fully goes over to that goofiness because it, it brings it back to, you know, he loves – part of him still loves Grace. Part of him still wants that normalcy of a relationship and things to go back to normal, but he's he's at war with himself. Yeah, so that – I mean, they do – 
they do a pretty pretty darn near perfect job uh, expressing that. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, it's it's still got that comic book flavor too. You still have the you know the crazy gimmicks, and you still have Batman swinging around and driving his motorcycle with his bat shaped hel- the helmet that so protects cool. his cowl. So cool! Um, it looks awesome, and like so, you still have the comic book trappings that sure. make the show Batman. But as, yeah, just delving in so deeply to mental health issues and. And the, a very basic thing of, you know, he talks about good and evil is arbitrary. Yeah. Uh, the sort of, as a very, like, defeatist, you know, the idea of everything being so binary of, and all left up to chance. That's, again, incredibly different and incredibly deep. But it really delves into who the character of Two, when Two-Face is portrayed as his best, as you mentioned, it can get very gimmicky. Right. All the twos stuff. Uh, so the idea that they were able to portray that, give him a sympathetic edge, but still explain why he is so dangerous because he's so, you know, he's literally living, making every decision by the flip of a coin Yeah, uh, is, 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 it's terrifying. So yeah, I went ahead and gave plot eight out of 10 just to get started here. Yeah. Uh, what did you give it? Um, it's a good question. I, I ended up giving it seven out of 10. Um, there were a couple, like I said, I think that jump from, okay, he's been disfigured and he was, he, it was the night of an election that he went to meet Thorn and got, a, and, and got disfigured. The fact that they, he made such a, a giant jump from, I guess the argument could be made that it was, you know, the disfigurement caused him to completely lose it at that point. We or, don't see that. But we don't see it. Yeah. It's kind of an off screen. Part one ends with the reveal of his face to his fiance, and then we pick up in part two, where it's six months later, and he's you know walking around in a split split black and white suit, <laughs> shooting up uh, all of Thorns and robbing Thorns assets and stuff like that. So we don't we don't get to see what happened, what ultimately led to that, um, how whether it was a immediate thing, what was the cause to then flip the switch all of a sudden. Who's his tailor? Right. <laughs> Um, and there were one or two minor potholes. One was, um, uh, what's uh, Thorne's lackey, the girl lackey's Candace. name? Candace. Uh, yeah, Candace, who who later plays a huge role in the Bane episode. Um, she she somehow finds out that Harvey is at a psychiatrist's office. They don't really tell you how she discovers whether she was tailing them or you know it's it's that's kind of resolved off screen and that's a big plot point because then there's a break in where they get his file and Thorne's going to release it and that's what he blackmails him with. Yeah. Um. So that was kind of eh, I wasn't sure about that. Also, um, suspend disbelief, sure. But Harvey Dent or Two Face opens his wallet and has a credit credit card <laughs> in his wallet made out to Two-Face. <laughs> so that that tells me that within the last six months, between the disfigurement to the time that we see him now, he went into a bank and applied for a credit card under the name legal name Two-Face <laughs> because that's what you would have to do. He provided a social security name. He must have legally changed his name to Two-Face <laughs> because in order to get a credit card, maybe he went to the mob credit card store and yeah. they, they, you just put whatever maybe it's name. it's like a black market gold guess, card or something. I, I guess that's possible, but I just appreciated that he opened his wallet and his credit card was listed Two-Face. <laughs> uh, so, uh, regardless, I gave it I gave it 7 out of 10. It's a good story. Um, it's a little bit gimmicky in the second episode, um, but uh, it, it's it's an overarching, good, uh, full you know, 44 minutes of, of, of good storytelling that didn't need a whole lot of Batman to carry the load. Agreed. 
Uh, so f- from that, let's move on to music. Uh, Liam, I think this one will probably be our quickest quickest that we cover. Um, I ended up giving music a 6, six out of 10. Um, a 6 out of 10 for this week. Just because it, it wasn't... is another one of those episodes where music wasn't needed to advance the plot as much. The story was strong, like we said. Um, there was a lot of the voice acting to me, which we'll talk about in a second, is what carried this episode. Um, it, it, it wasn't really needed. There's a lot, some back, you know, background filler in certain places. There was a crescendo that built up to the part where uh, he actually gets disfigured in the explosion. And then uh, in the opening scene, they introduced the Two-Face theme, which is this kind of uh, very somber uh, sort of, uh, it's like a flute or something that that comes in. There's some strings, you hear a bell sound in it. Yeah, it's very somber, you know, kind of underlying, creepy, like it's it's clearly a villain theme, but there's a a twinge of of tragedy to it, which Mm -hmm. I think is the theme that we're going for in this episode, is it's just, it... It it's great, and it, especially at the end, you know they use it. They use it. They kind of mix it in like they do with most episodes with the Batman theme. Um, but overall, the episode didn't need the music in this, so it's not a score that reflects bad music or, or yeah. that it's bad that there's an absence of music. It just wasn't needed. Um, so I gave it a six out of ten. What about you? Yeah, I went five out of ten. Don't have a ton to add there. It's like I said, like when it comes in. There's a really nice spot at the end of part two where where Batman sort of gives his final word mm-hmm. and flips the coin into the pond and the the Two Face theme sort of melds with the Batman theme and it sort of ends up there's like a it's again very it's very somber and a little sad but there's sort of a twinge of hope like it ends on a high note literally they brought back that theme from the the Nothing to Fear episode where he's standing at the grave yes. at the end with the with the uh, strings that come in mm-hmm. and the crescendo at the end into the it's yes. it's great poor Harvey so filled with anger. Do you think there's any hope? Where there's love, there's hope, Commissioner. But a little luck wouldn't hurt. For you, Harvey. It's... Goosebump inducing. Absolutely. Paired with the actual action of him flipping the coin is is is, is really good. Yeah. Too. Yeah, so that's yeah, like like you said, not nothing particularly wrong and in certain spots it really does enhance it, but music is definitely, I would say, on the list of importance of our of our regular four categories, it's definitely the least important yeah. as far as what makes this episode great. Absolutely. Alright, let's move on to animation, shall we? Um, I went ahead uh, for animation. Uh, I gave it a seven out of ten. Um, I think the and that's I, I really had to break it down between the two episodes. It's tough because you yeah. look at this as one story, um, and we kind of went back and forth as to whether we should give two separate scores or one score. But because of it, it's a it's one story, we went ahead and gave it a, an overall score. But I thought the animation in the first episode, uh, which uh, we, we saw in the credits, was actually story storyboarded by uh, at least one of the storyboard artists was uh, Gwen Murakami, who went on and, and did Teen Titans. Yeah. Uh, later on and uh, has done other DC projects as well and, and you know, in Superman the Animated Series he worked on that uh, I don't know if he, did he work on Justice League at all he I think he worked he was a producer on the first season of Justice okay. League and then left to do Teen Titans at that point he was a producer on Batman Beyond as well so he 
So he's one of the like Mount Rushmore guys, probably oh, sure. for like DCAU yeah. uh, guys. Um, so he he did some of the storyboarding on the first episode, which I think lends to there's a lot of close up shots of Harvey Dent's face. I think yeah. the the way that they did the transition from him to Big Bad Harv, the back like behind him turns red, you know, and invokes yeah. that that emotion of anger. His face gets kind of you know really starts to you know move his eyes eyebrows down and you get a lot of detail in his face it, it lended to a little bit of Murakami's style I think which is more towards the anime style um, as you can see in his character designs for Teen Titans later on um, yeah they uh, they called it uh, his his style when he did Teen Titans they called it Murakanime okay because <laughs> it's very much obviously the anime is, is very much there but it's still a more fluid American style sure. yeah which I'm sure he got coming up working with Bruce Tim and absolutely worked on Tiny Toons and a bunch of other you know traditional American animation so absolutely yeah he is he is uh, excellent at that sort of marriage of the of the Japanese and an American style of a, of animation absolutely and I think that shines through here yeah definitely in that first episode you get to the second episode and I felt like the first half of the second episode was uh, just not done very well. The scene where Bruce and Alfred are in the in the Batcave and they're having a, a serious conversation that uh, it, Alfred may, is in one scene, I think, in this episode, maybe two scenes. But the the episode the 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 conversation he has with Bruce is fantastic. Yeah. But I, I was taken out of that scene just because the character designs were. You mentioned that it wasn't completely off to the point like we talked about in Mask of the Phantasm, but it's it was just something about it was not right. You could tell it was like I don't know. It's, it's kind of consistently inconsistent. Right. Where, it looks pretty close right. to the traditional, like what you think of when you think of the Batman animated series art. Sure, but like his his chin, like the ears are maybe a little swept back a little more. Yeah. You see a lot of like under his chin, <laughs> a lot of Batman under chin. Yes, chest. and uh, which is just sort of a a square, right? Like which is fine when you're shooting, you know, his face straight ahead, but you, you sort of see Batman with his head tilted up a little bit more. Yeah. And uh, it it just looks a little looks a little odd, I guess. Trying to make his, I mean, obviously you're trying to make his face look three dimensional. I get, sure. I get why they did that, but uh, yeah, it's just it's just a little off. And yeah, no, I, I think so. For that, there's a ton of iconic shots in this episode, though. There's, of course, the shot with Two Face turning and the lightning striking uh, for the final scene and reveal is is absolutely iconic. Um, there's a scene in part two where uh, Batman's riding on a motorcycle through the rain and. The, yeah. the lightning is lightning is used a couple different times in the first part uh, to great great plot advancement. It's great in the scene with Big Bad Harv in the psychiat or in the psychiatrist's office. It's it's fantastic. Um, so for that reason, a little inconsistent in episode two would have been a little bit higher if it was uh, more consistent. I think the second half of of part two got got a lot better. Um, but for that reason, I gave it seven to ten. What about you? Uh, same. I also went seven out of ten. Um, there, like you said, there are some really great shots. One, the shot at the end, which I sort of we mentioned talking about music of Batman uh, and Commissioner Gordon are sort of talking and sort of wrapping up the episode. And Batman takes a coin and flips it, and it lands in a in a fountain. And you see the the coin go in. The you see Batman's reflection. Then you see the coin hit the water. There's beautiful rip. You know, the ripples go through oh, the yeah. water. His you know his face becomes distorted, and then the water settles. And you see his face again, and then they sort of end on a close-up of the coin sinking to the bottom of the fountain. 
It's like yeah. there's some really strong stuff in here. Like you said, the the inconsistency the inconsistency maybe keeps it from being a perfect score. Yeah. But this is certainly still a very strong episode. Absolutely. Um, there's a shot right at, right at the beginning of the episode of part one when the drug bust happens and the the uh, press is asking Dent if this was all his idea and and. Commissioner Gordon looks up to the top of the building, and you see the moon, and you see Batman. This is really the only hashtag Kate movement I can <laughs> talk about in this episode. Liam's Kate movement corner. Yeah, uh, it's it's back for just a brief appearance here, but uh, we're you know Dent is thanking Commissioner Gordon, and Commissioner Gordon looks up and sees Batman, and it's complete. He's completely in shadow. You see his cape flowing, and the moon's behind him, and. Then he sort of you know, goes off into the night. They actually used that on the promo for the Fox uh, yes, Fox uh, episodes at that time. It's and, one know. of those shots that I'd seen in GIF form uh-huh. over the years on, online and stuff, but I I couldn't have placed the episode. Pretty so. iconic, yeah. Yeah, so. I, I, yeah, I would have guessed it was a Catwoman episode, to be honest. So yeah. It's funny that it showed up there. Uh, one of the shots that I was going to talk about... Um, also was the in that same scene there was a shot where the there's a missile that goes off and it explodes and then you see uh, the police department in the dark at that time and they light up and there's like a red sheen that comes across them i thought yeah. that was that was super cool uh in that scene scene there it, it, yeah and that's just another little bit we've talked about it several episodes before and we'll keep talking about it it's that's what separated this cartoon right from the the other superhero really all cartoons but especially the other superhero cartoons of that day where you know, that, that extra, that extra mile, uh, that, that made the show just a little bit better and, and add a little more flavor. There was two briefly. There was also two little Max Fleischer nods, also with a yeah. painted background, uh, with an animated animation added to it. Two faces reading a file, and it's just literally just his eyeballs are yep. the only thing animated. It's so good. Everything else is just the painted on the background. And, and the other one was the bandage when they were taking the bandages off of yeah. him at the end of episode one. The bandages are animated, but Two Face's face itself is painted. Cool little nods yeah. to that. You know, we we love those those old cartoons and, and nods to those. So. Uh, uh, that always gets a yeah. gets a thumbs up. From us. Thorn Thorn's girl, uh, Candace, has also felt like a very Max Fleischer. She's a very nineteen thirties yep. woman. Yep. Uh, looking design, not much of a nose in yep. her design. And long eye, long eyelashes, mm-hmm. dark hair, bright red lipstick. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, that was a very nineteen thirties uh, woman design. All right, Lane, let's, uh, let's move on from there. And uh, our final category is going to be voice acting, which uh, I, would, I would say was probably the, the strongest part of this episode. What did you think about it? Yeah, it was, it's like uh, we mentioned, we've mentioned in passing already, uh, not a ton of Batman. The yeah. idea that we've, we've talked about there's dialogue-heavy episodes that, that you know, Kevin Conroy really has to bring his A-game in. Uh, this one, Kevin Conroy, is a, he's a background player. Batman himself is a, a very background player, as we mentioned. So Richard Maul as as Harvey Dent slash Two Face really carries this whole this whole story. It's a story about him. Yep. Um, so he has to cover it, and you know, just the little things. Obviously, the obvious things are the difference of the the Harvey voice, the big bad Harv voice, which is sort of a combination. And then the when the accident happens, the official, you know, the two face voice that everybody knows. Right. Uh, you know, there's little differences in between, and sort of the way I had always sort of imagined in my head that once he becomes two face, it's just the two face voice that we hear. Mm-hmm. But when you watch it back, there's certain scenes. Uh, there's when Batman first confronts him, where he he brings up Grace, and uh, you know, he sort of turns away, and he sort of looks a little embarrassed, and he starts and he and he starts talking about Grace and. 
you know, what 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 do you know about her? What do you know about you know? And 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 he drops back into the regular Harvey Dent voice, yeah. and it's a really nice little touch. Absolutely. Uh, and the same when he when he meets with Grace before Thorn and and his thugs break in, and he's talking about this is who I am now, and this you know when he gives the monologue about chance and 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 everything that we've talked about already is he's sort of dropping in and out of the more traditional two face voice, and then until the end when he's about to shoot uh, when he's about to shoot Thorn and and. Batman begs him not to ask him to let the law take over, which is when he said, you know, this is the, the only law that matters is the law of averages. Mm-hmm. And that's a line that if you give that to a lot of voice actors, that could be pretty hokey. Yeah. That could yeah. be, as we talked about with Two-Face in general, that can be a pretty gimmicky thing. Sure, absolutely. So to be able to kind of come through with that, you know, the sorrow, the tragedy, and be able to give some sort, some pretty over-the-top lines and still maintain that sense of realism, that sense of not losing this character in the cartoon, so to speak, not you know becoming yeah. becoming one dimensional yeah. or a parody is is probably a good word for it. So yeah, I went ahead and gave a voice acting seven out of ten. I really liked Harvey. I really liked uh, Rupert Thorne. Did uh did it was a very good job. John Vernon. John Vernon as uh, as Rupert Thorne did a did a very good job as well. I liked Diane Michelle as Candace, who she's done a million voice acting roles over the years, lots of video games and cartoons. So she's she's a pro, obviously. Uh, Ones that kind of detracted for me, uh, Murphy Cross as Grace. I did not think she was very good. Okay. Um, I think not. She wasn't awful or anything. Yeah, they didn't ask. They didn't. I don't think they asked. Uh, they didn't ask too much from her. Other. I mean, she was a supporting character. She was That's a main fair. plot device. I think. No, no. I, I think that it's fair to say that she she was not. She was forgettable. Uh, she was a plot device. Uh, I think that they didn't ask too much from her. But I I could definitely see where that's. Maybe somebody else would have made a more of an impact. Yeah, and, and I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily have a voice actress in mind, but yeah, just something. If that character is given to like a really great actress, and uh, maybe maybe this, you know, maybe it's a ten. I went seven out of ten for voice acting. Like I said, the the strengths are really strong, but I thought Grace lets it down a little bit, and I thought some of the thug voices were a little. Oh, they're his, a little over his the top. Twin, you know, the twin thugs that Two Face hires. Thorns, one guy. Boss. Uh, it's, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty he generic. Eats guys like you for breakfast. Yeah, in the first episode. Yeah, they're they're a little generic. Uh, some of the you know the press voices and stuff like that. Like sure. I said, Grace. So I went seven out of ten. Like I said, the strengths are obviously are Bruce and uh, Bruce Wayne and Batman. Obviously, always Kevin Conroy is always going to be good. There is the great scene you mentioned with him and Alfred, where it very much reflects what we talked about in, in uh, the Phantasm review, Absolutely. which is this idea that he, you know, Batman saved who knows how many lives, how many people he saved from muggers, or yep. how many bombs he's defused that the Joker set up, but his best friend yep. is the one he failed. Well, he's still he's still haunted by the fact that he was a seven year old or six year old and his, his, he has this nightmare at the beginning of the second episode and it starts out as you know Harvey asking why couldn't Batman save him or why couldn't Bruce save him and then it morphs into his parents and then you're like holy moly this is a he was a seven year old kid who feels guilt for not being able to save his parents some responsibility for his parents death which is just man like 
Batman himself may have a bit of a mental disorder. Maybe like, he should have gone seen shrink. Right? Yeah, that. for for serious. Like the, the the idea that a seven year old has any responsibility for protecting, you know, his parents is certainly ridiculous. But um, but I, I think that 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 certainly plays into the Batman character and is an interesting dynamic compared to what we talked about with the. Um, with the uh, Phantasm episode. Yeah, I think we we see it in future episodes. We see it in, in Robin's Reckoning we talked about. He's so afraid, you know, that Robin might go down a path, you know, similar, perhaps similar to Two-Face. Absolutely. Uh, you know, his trepidation of letting Barbara Gordon be Batgirl. Yep. Uh, going all the way forward to Batman Beyond, where he's very, you know, the idea of giving this teenager, this street kid, yep. the bat suit and giving him free reign to go, you know, avenge Terry, you know, ter- Terry to go avenge his father's death yep. in, in Rebirth is, uh, you know, that, that all can kind of be traced back to that idea of he's, you know, as many lives as he saved, some of the, you know, some of Batman's greatest failures are the people that mattered the most to him. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So you gave it 7 out of 10, right? Yes. All right, uh, I went ahead, actually... Based based on all of those things you said, I I based on the fact that Richard Mall had to carry this episode, and not only do it just with one voice, but two, playing playing two separate characters as the same character, I and doing it so incredibly well, I gave it a, a perfect score here. I gave ten out of ten, right. ten for this one, um, for all those reasons that that you stated. He's just phenomenal in this episode. They give him so much room to explore the psychology of the character. It doesn't come off as hokey he's such a likable character as harvey dent um which he's you know he's a little goofy and it's funny because they don't spend much time on him as uh as you know harvey the politician but even his interactions at at the campaigns and the the night of his election and and such are are just great like he's just a likable guy and to see Mm -hmm. the tragedy of him you know transforming into this monster and being able to communicate that through two different styles of voices, a softer voice, something a little more gravelly and harsh, and it's just really, really good. It's believable. It's an iconic voice to me because, yeah. you know, when you think Two-Face, you know, you talked about that maybe as the Joker, or, you, you know, when you see or you read read comic books as Batman, you hear Kevin Conroy's voice. I, I think it's the same way when I read a Two-Face comic. You hear it, it's just something that sticks with the character, and... Um, it's something that was even almost adapted in the Nolan films. I think he, he went with a more gravelly voice when he changes over into, into two face, mm-hmm. uh, a- after the, the accident that happened. So it's to me, great job. Uh, just an iconic performance and being able to carry not one, but two episodes and you're not Batman. Yeah. Like that's yeah. that, that alone to me is, is proof that, you know, for me gives this a perfect score. So yeah, there's little minor things we mentioned. We mentioned the Alfred scene. Commissioner Gordon probably has four or five lines in this episode. Really good. But all very, you know, as you mentioned, he's sort of taking Harvey aside at the beginning of part one and trying to sort of shield him from some bad press. And, Absolutely. And at the end sort of asking, he asks Batman if there's any hope for Harvey. Um, and there's, it's a very sorrowful ending, but there is the hope, which is where Batman gives... One of the great lines, I think, in the history of this of this universe, mm. uh, where he says, "Where there's love, there's hope," mm. and then he flips the coin and 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 notes, "But a little luck wouldn't hurt either," right. and and flips the coin into the pond and I guess wishes 
his friend, you know, good luck. Which adds such a great dynamic to the Batman character, because you think of Batman as this dark, brooding character that doesn't have... Like, Superman is the hope. Right. Superman is the character that has hope, that has... The, that is, is the, you know... He's he's the sun. Batman is the darkness. Yeah. Like so, for this episode to give a little bit of layer to Batman of okay, he's not just this pessimistic, uh, beaten down guy that has no hope. He has a little bit of hope, uh, and he finds that in other people, whether it's you know Dick or as we see in Robin's Reckoning or in Alfred or in 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 this case in Harvey um, is is really cool. Yeah, certainly certainly very cool. All right, Lamb. So I guess that brings our final scores to... What did you end up giving it as a final score? Uh, final score for me was 27 out of 40. I think it's it's very good. Like I said, there's some... It's just sort of some minor things. Uh, like we said, sometimes the score doesn't always directly reflect how much you enjoy an episode. This is certain, This is an all-time classic. Yeah. I don't think anyone's going to dispute that. I see it on the top tens in most, most people's rankings. Yeah, so. absolutely. So, I mean, definitely... I mean, if, if you want to simplify it down to a recommend or not recommend, yeah. absolutely recommend this for, for anybody. If you want an introduction to that character, if you're not that familiar with the Two-Faced character, and if you know him from the Tommy Lee Jones portrayal... <laughs> Or, uh, or even the Aaron Eckhart in... Yeah, in, yeah. I mean, he's he's kind of a... I mean, he's so swallowed up in that incredible Heath Ledger Joker performance right. that it's, he is somewhat of an afterthought um, yep. in there. But yeah, definitely definitely recommend. But yeah, as, as a total, my score is, is 27 out of 40. Very good. Really, yep. it's, it's, it's definitely worth a watch. If, if there's any doubt in your mind, yeah, you should go watch this. Absolutely. My final score was 30 out of 40. Wholeheartedly agree. Go watch this episode. Stream it on Amazon. Go watch the DVDs again, or you know, find it. Find it however you find things to stream. Uh, <laughs> it's an excellent episode, and uh, definitely worth your time and energy. All right, Liam. With that, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap things up for today. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at DCAU Review. Give us any feedback, uh, any thoughts, anything that we missed from this episode, anything that you liked or disliked that we didn't, anything that you would give a higher or lower score. Uh, tweet at us. Let us know. We'd love to interact with you. Uh, also, go ahead and like us on Facebook. Uh, search for DCAU Review. Uh, please subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a five star review. That helps our podcast out immensely uh, also you can check us out at dcaureview.com uh, where you can stream episodes weekly and any including any and all past episodes all right for liam i am calm we will talk to you guys on the next episode bye bye